I'm E. I'm Rob. I go by Chop the Head. next movement folks chop the head thank you so much for joining us we really appreciate your time yeah thank you for having me of course of course so lots to talk to you about this evening i thought we could start with one of your most recent projects though so you have designed the cover art for the two-year anniversary edition of gumbo by pink Mm -hmm. sifu it's it's a an amazing cover really great illustration which we'll get more into in in a minute but i'm just wondering how did you get commissioned for that yeah, so that's that was kind of funny. Most of the people who have reached out reach out through Instagram, and we usually have like another cover that they've seen. And I, f- I was trying to remember the other day because someone asked me the same thing. I forget what Sifu saw that had put him onto my work, but um, he reached out and wanted to do, asked me to do the cover for the project that was had a different name at the time and a different concept. He wanted this like the Marvin Gaye album cover with the that painting of like all the people dancing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. By wanted... Ernie Ernie Barnes, I think his name is. The artist. <laughs> exactly, the Ernie Barnes painting. Yeah. Um he wanted something inspired by that. So I like did these sketches and sent it to him, didn't hear back. He was on tour for Fly Sifu, uh the release of that album. So whatever. I figured he was busy, but I was going to supply and demand. Um and I knew he was gonna be there. And I had done like other covers by that point. I'd done like John Monte. So I'd like brought all this work there, just like stuff I'd done. Uh, I gave people some originals, John Monte, like I gave him the original line work for that cover uh, that year. But I met Sifu after him and Anakin killed the the full album set of Fly Sifus. And I was like, what's up? It's me. We talked on Instagram. Uh, I got these sketches. And he was like, oh, nah, like, it's a different concept now. It's called gumbo. Um, yeah, right. The shit had completely changed. <laughs> he was like, "Could you do like, yeah, a bunch of black folks like crawling out, like swimming in a pot of gumbo?" And that was like all he hit me with. And I was like, "Yeah, for sure." And then I had to. It was like eleven or midnight. I had to like get on a bus back to Philly. So that was the whole conversation. Um, wow. Yeah, and then typical process like i do the pencil and then i'll send it out do the line work send it out like do edits each time and he just kept i think uh conquest tony phillips from gk fam um this artist sifu works with did a lot of the creative direction so like him and sifu would like look at it talk about it give me feedback and it just added more and more like he wanted like the old man grilling on the side he wanted like all those different masks that he wears he wanted the cadillacs in the background um the little kids like chasing each other in the front with the pan-african flag like those those were all details that came directly from them so finished up the front cover that was like all we had talked about and then a month later he was like yo we need the track list for the vinyl 
And I was like, oh, word, okay. <laughs> he wanted his, again, his concept to do the view from the car in the background, like the alternate view of the pool, um, which I thought was really sick. I love anytime I do vinyl, like playing with the front and back. I don't know if there's a lot you can do with that. Yeah. So yeah, his concept did that, put the whole like GK fam in there. His girl was pregnant at the time, so they're on the side. Um, that was his call, put that in there, which is really special. And that was done, sent it off. And then like a, a, I think maybe as we were talking about the final version, he was like, yo, I think I want to do a gatefold. And I was like, word, okay. <laughs> and then I started doing the whole fold for the gatefold. He sent me all the, uh, that big long poem that's in there, handwritten. Um, actually, wait, I don't know if that's even online yet. Buy the vinyl, open it up. There's a beautiful poem in there that Steve wrote. Um, wow. But yes, yeah, it came out in like stages like that. And yeah, when he first told me about it, completely different name and concept. But yeah, that's how that one happened. Yeah, it's and it sounds like you did exactly what he wanted you to do. I mean, I know people can't, you know, people that are listening to this can't see it, but the way you describe the cover of Gumbo is exactly what it is, right? It's It's... A, a bunch of black folks in this pot of gumbo you got unk grilling on the side you got sifu wearing you know creeping oh. around wearing the different masks yeah another thing about that is uh just detail wise like i try to make everything that i do like as personal as i can to the artist and he has all these beat tapes under the name i on his uh band camp and he's got all these like family photos that he used as the uh, covers of those beat tapes so there's a couple like faces in there that I pulled from like his family photos for the people in the pool on the cover of Gumbo I don't know if he knows that but <laughs> oh wow I love I love That's I hope great. I hope he's listening to this I mean one selfishly because we want Pink Seafood on the show but <laughs> that would be that would be great for him to know um that's that's really dope that you did that yeah you know I was I was looking at this cover the other day and it made me google the history of gumbo like the okay. food the dish and there was one website that described it as a rich array of ingredients coming together and i think you really capture that on the cover you know through the black people that are represented in the piece like the way you've depicted them in the illustration itself really speaks to for me the sense of community that seafood fosters in his art um no. Yeah, and, and I wondered if if Sifu's music influence, and I know that he sort of came to you asking for specific things, but I wondered if his music also had an influence on the direction that you took. For sure, but I didn't, that was one where I didn't hear the album until after everything had been done. Like, okay. after, and typically, yeah, I'll like ask for music up front, but I think he was still working on it at the time that I did, at least like the front cover. Have so... you listened to it since? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. He had, I think, told me by the time the Gatefold came out, I'd maybe heard some tracks and he had told me more or less what it was. And so something he said was that he wanted it to be a project or that was inspired by like road trips and like the music that like him and his friends would listen to in the car, just like going through like whatever, UGK, like all this classic stuff. Um, so that was, again, the, the gatefold, I don't know if you've seen that or not, but it's like seafood, just like driving in the car. And then on the back cover, you have him like sitting in the car, listening to the radio. So as far as I knew, like how varied the album was to a degree. And then, yeah, I just wanted to represent like as much as possible, like his, yeah, his family, like his community, just like all these different, like, yeah, hairstyles, skin tones, like, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Love it. 
appreciate that. All right. So we started talking about the most recent, at least what's publicly known as the most recent project that's, yeah. that's, that's out there. But I want to go back uh, maybe towards the beginning of your time as an artist and ask you a bit about how you ended up getting into album cover design. Sure. Yeah. On a, on a personal level, not a professional level, that was just like uh, my family, both my parents are very musical. My dad's a musician, great bass player, flute player. So I've been like around and looking at album covers since I was really young. So that influence starts really young. And then how I got into actually making them was I started making beats first. I've been like producing since uh, about like 17, 18. Hmm. And like anybody who makes beats or like digs for vinyl knows that like, you know, if the store doesn't have a record player, like that's all you're going off of. And like the cover, if the cover is fire, that like that makes like a big influence on, uh, yeah, like your your interaction with the album. So yeah, always I've been like looking seriously at album covers my whole life, um, drawing since I was a little kid. And originally, like when I, you know, the name Chop the Head like came from that was like my producer name before anything. So I'd started out making beats, putting beats on like Instagram and like SoundCloud and stuff. And no intention of, uh, I didn't like pursue, like I'm going to design album covers until um, this guy, Liam Lizzie, great producer from Atlanta. Uh, shout out to Liam, hit me up to do, he was like, yo, can you do some illustrations for this drum kit that I'm dropping? Just cause I'd had like, drawings on Instagram and stuff I was in art school at the time and I was like for sure that was my first that was my first commission ever and I've, I've done a, a lot of work with him I did or actually it might have been an album cover first him and another producer called Indescribable Indie but yeah Liam Lizzie was the first one to hit me up and he definitely was someone who like if someone asked him like I need uh, illustration for this album cover like he would point people in my direction and that was like the first things that people saw from me hmm. Um, so yeah, he was the first one to hit me up designing album covers, like was not a thing that I like directly pursued, but as it happened, uh, that gained momentum a lot quicker than like producing did. Like that was the thing that I was more consistently getting hit up for. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, the first couple of things was Liam Lizzie, Jay Nice, and then Thousand Words, uh, the photographer hit me up to do, it was, it was, he, he did this. Uh, he curated this album of all 38 special instrumentals and like he picked all the rappers and they put it out on vinyl and the original thought was to do three different covers there's a Frico Rico one that's like the cover of the vinyl Tony Caves Thousand Words Friend another incredible artist was supposed to do the CD and then mine was going to be the digital and then I guess Air Vinyls who put the vinyl out there was some miscommunication and like everything ended up with the same cover which is the Frico Rico cover but yeah that was all those are my first three projects that I had nice I know we have a couple of questions about some of the projects you just mentioned but before we get into that in a general sense like you, you were just telling us about how things went down with Sifu and it sounded like with that project he had some pretty specific ideas mm -hmm. but I'm wondering like in general do you usually get to collaborate closely with an artist or they come to you with a specific idea or are you given freedom to kind of come up with whatever might inspire you? Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of everything. Um, some people are very specific, which is, you know, I don't know. Some people like have that vision like that, like Fatboy Sharif is somebody who like, 
he's a very visual dude so he'll have like really specific things that he wants and be very like descriptive about it um or some people are just like yo like i like your style here's the name of the album i'll ask you to hear the music and from there it's just come up with what i come up with and they might have a couple edits they might love it off the rip but yeah it, it really depends on the artist um but yeah those those are those are my two favorite ways to work because either somebody has like a very specific thing that's in my wheelhouse or they're like we like your style here's like a piece that i want it to be similar to you but other than that just like do your thing yeah then you get to just do your own interpretation that's dope so you've done album album covers for several folks um but you also do your own original artwork and you have a lot of this posted on your instagram account and I found myself stuck on a single piece for a few minutes when I was looking through it the other day before moving on to the next, because there's so much happening in your drawings and sometimes it's not always obvious. So you sort of have to really slow down and study one of your pieces to get all the gems you're dropping. Is that how you hope people will engage with your art when they see it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's hopefully pieces that, keep revealing themselves to you as you sit with them like each time you come back to it you should be able to you know notice something different which piece just out of curiosity do you remember there was uh now i'm gonna forget the names of them um but the it one it's like um it's a it, it, i feel like it's a couple and yeah. it, it's it's a man and a woman and they're facing each other and there's so much going on inside of their it looks like inside of their brains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I forget what it, what what's that piece called. Um, there's a there's a couple of those. I have a lot of sort of the conversation motif, but um, is it the one their outlines in black and white, and then it's everything inside their heads is really cool. Yes, yes, yes. That's it. Every time I kept looking at that piece and other pieces, I would notice something different. Hmm. Like I would I would I would see something. I'd be like, oh, there's that. There's this. There's that. And and that to me is so, so cool. Like and but it requires you to really like look at a piece of art and not move quickly. You really have to sort of engage with it. Thank you so much. Yeah, that is that is the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, is almost sort of contradictory, right? Because a lot of the drawings and art that I've seen from you is really busy right there's a lot going on it's it's um you know i mean this in the best way possible it's a little chaotic sure. um, yeah uh, and so the fact that it doesn't seem to inspire chaos you know instead it causes you to sort of slow down and take wow. your time and look at it they, i never yeah i never thought about it like that thank you yeah that's just you know that's just how i think more or less <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah it's a lot going on <laughs> <laughs> i heard you say you've been you know, making art from a, from a young age, but I'm wondering when you maybe started to take art seriously. I heard you say you went to art school. Like, was yeah. there, was there a time where you were like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Like, this is going to be the thing that I do. For sure. Yeah. Pretty much my, yeah. Since I was like a little kid, I wanted to be a creative person in some fashion. That was mostly music um, from a little kid, but I was always drawing, but I was probably like 15 when I made a very concrete decision that like, this was the thing that I was going to pursue. Mm. And then, yeah, I was into, I was like a little punk rock kid in high school. So that all, a lot of that came from uh, Raymond Pettibone who did the Black Flag album covers. Mm. That was like a huge influence at that time. And yeah, I don't know. It, it, it seemed to be a thing that you could do your entire life and if you just kept doing it, you would continue to get better at it, which is like 
I don't know, there's a lot of stuff like that, but for me, that seemed to be the thing that was the most possible and felt the best that I could like take the furthest. Did art school feel like something that was needed or necessary or because I, I think there might be some differing opinions about mm-hmm. about that. I'm wondering what your experience was like. Yeah, I I, I love my experience. Um, I went to this school called Marlboro, which no longer exists. That was up in Vermont, very tiny school. And it was it was really self-directed. You could basically like, you know, you studied pretty broadly your first two years, but your second two years, you were designing a lot of your own courses which worked really well for me but but yeah I don't I would say it's not for everybody but for me it was pretty necessary I just looked at it as four years where I didn't have to do anything except advance my technique yeah uh which I yeah I don't know took pretty seriously so yeah it for sure yeah it helped me a lot yeah I studied oil painting I my thesis project was on cartooning i did like a comic book as part of my thesis mm-hmm. which is you know still like the foundation of a lot of the work i do now like i mean gumbo and that john monte cover and like another planet four is all like straight like comic book influenced stuff so yeah not for me it was necessary i don't think i would have advanced as quickly on my own if i had just been working by myself those years you know yeah i want to ask about the piece pieces that you did for a thousand words because i think it's a two-parter um, yeah. and, and a thousand words for folks that don't know is a photographer who captures people in and outside of, of hip-hop culture so in these two illustrations you have the subjects that he's photographed all hanging together like they're at a block party right and some of them are hanging outside of this building that looks like a giant polaroid camera um the drawings kind of remind me of gordon park's a great day in hip-hop um, I'm wondering if you can tell us how the series came together. Did you have a relationship with A Thousand Words before this collaboration? Yeah, a little bit. Like I said, he had hit me up to do the cover for this 38 special project that he curated. And he he's posted my cover, but mine like never ended up attached to the project at all. Um, so that was the first time that it reached out, which was pretty early on for me. That was like 2019 as far as doing album covers pretty early on. And that was all just through Instagram. And I don't think I met him until after I did the first Polaroid House thing. Okay. But I met him at Supply and Demand. Um, and I've, I've seen him around New York since then um, at his show, the cookout show that he had last September in the Bronx. Um, I was selling prints there. But yeah, so yeah, exactly. Um, the Great Day in Hip Hop thing. And then also Liam Lizzie sent me this photo that was... Um, I forget the photographer, but I think it's called A Great Day in Harlem. That's like all these jazz heads on the steps of this building in Harlem. It's, yeah. Is it, is it Gordon Parks too or no? I'm not sure. I don't know if it's, I don't know. But it's definitely what inspired Great Day in Hip Hop, you know. This. Right, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, he sent me like halfway through me working on the first one. And like, yeah, I, I don't know. I love to just carry like a thread through like that. So, yeah, that yeah. definitely part of it. Yeah, they're great pieces. I, I I love those kind of drawings where you're sort of looking to see if you could like spot who's who. Yeah, sure. yeah. That's why I love that um, the jazz photo that you were just talking about. It's funny, my mom has that hanging in her house, and I remember looking at it when I was younger and I didn't know anybody. And now I can I can look at it and say, oh yeah, that's blah blah blah. That's blah blah blah. So oh, kind of cool, yeah. And yeah, again, as as far as like the personal details thing is like in both of those pieces, pretty much like every like article of clothing like piece of jewelry sneaker is like specific to those people like yeah. 
all like things that those people actually like own and wear because i want they see it to be like oh shit like (laughs) i have that hurt like you know I think we're just going to have a bunch of questions about specific projects that you've worked on. So I'll ask you about a single that you did a design for from Fatboy Sharif and Mr. Motherfucking Esquire called Are You Shitting Me? I think was the, the name of it. Um, you, yep. designed, you designed the cover for that. For that. There's something about that design for me where, where Sharif and X are standing in a wrestling ring and have apparently conquered their opponent um, yep. that had me wondering about the way in which music from the artists that you're working with may influence your design and you've mentioned already that like you you like to listen to the music Mm -hmm. i wonder if you could talk a little bit about like how how that might inspire the direction of a design yeah that was another one actually where i didn't hear the single until after i'd done the piece but usually for the most part i've i don't know i've been like pretty fortunate in that i've worked with artists that I, i that inspire me that I like listen to. So I was familiar enough with Sharif to kind of like be able to illustrate the kind of chaos that he depicts <laughs> his music <laughs> in that piece. Um, but he, yeah, he just gave me the references for the wrestlers, uh, him as Abdul the Butcher and Esquire as Coco Beware. Yeah, he just gave me wrestlers, wrestling ring, destruction. And then I just went from there. Most of what I, I I think most of what I heard from him at that point was uh, Gandhi Loves Children and some other of his older stuff, this record, uh, Mass Killings. And yeah, I don't know. So that one was less inspired by the actual track and more just my being familiar with him as an artist. One of my favorite cover designs from you is the Birth of Lone Sword album. I love the color in particular. It's bright, you know, with this yellow sky and all the like creatures or monsters have a have a different color it feels to me like a great visual representation representation of the style that uh, lone sword or, or lungs aka lungs has his music along with feek i think you'd say the same thing about feek often feels chaotic or sure. yeah uh, for sure you know he's yeah. like furiously rapping the beat switches and moves in surprising unpredictable ways i guess i'm using this cover as a to ask a general question when you're designing sure. a cover like how important is it to you that the design gives a listener a sort of preview of what they're about to hear, both sonically and, and lyrically. That's like fundamental to the thing to me is that, you know, your album cover is maybe some people's like only interaction with your album, right? Is like for the most part, just because of the internet, like people are going to see the cover before they hear the music and that's going to influence them to even click on the thing and listen to it. And it should yeah, it should draw you in. It should complement the thing. It should like sound like what you're about to hear. 
And I, yeah, I love doing that uh, with lungs and feet in particular because of what you said. Yeah, they're just like hyper detailed, like very referential. Um, yeah, it's it's organized chaos. So that and the Another Planet 4 cover are like ones that I'm pretty proud of in that I feel like it really does like look like the album sounds. Yeah, those guys are super fun too. We had Feek on the show and he was in the, you know, at the crib with Lungs and, and a bunch of the um, bunch of the guys from Grip. Yeah, those are the homies for sure. Uh, yeah, you mentioned this when you were talking about your experience in art school, but there's an obvious comic book influence to your art. And the work that you've done with Jay Nice, some of my favorite strips in particular is great. Cause oh, yeah. it seem, seems to me to get like, it might've given you an opportunity to combine like comic book influence with the music. And I, I just think it's a dope concept for an album, but you also worked with him on, on uh, his unkind project. Yeah. And that, that again, that was one of the first three covers I ever did. And it didn't come out until about two years after I'd finished it. Oh, wow. Okay. Both of them have, they're busy, of course, like it's sort of your style, but they also have like, I don't know what else to call it, but like junk littered all over the place. Like on the, <laughs> on the strips cover, you know, it's all over the pavement in a scene that takes place in the city on the unkind cover. It's all over the floor in the room where the character on the cover is sitting. I'm just curious, like from a creative perspective, like, does that serve a purpose? Like what's, what would uh. you say those littered items do for the design? Yeah, there's there's a few things about that. One is it's um at least in the interior one it's an element of like personalization. You know, it gives you an insight into that character to have uh you know the 40 bottles and the the pizza slices littered around. There's a uh, the unkind one there's uh pages sticking out from under the couch that say all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy over and over again. So, there's a bit of like mental insight there. Um influence wise for me, a lot of that comes from Tom Bunk from Mad Magazine, hmm. who, yeah, same thing. He would do these super busy crowd scenes and there'd just be garbage everywhere and like bones and eyeballs. And that's stuff that I looked at from a super young age that, you know, that'll always be present to some degree. Which explain, um, explains the Mad Magazine poster on the cover. of Which, yeah, Mad Jay Knight is like, he's a huge uh, mad magazine head he's like a vintage comics like mad magazine like that's his shit so the the strips cover actually he wanted to do um he sent me like a bunch of vintage mad covers as a reference and then he just had the one track that was called mad and then the rest were newspaper comics hmm. but that was one where i'd worked with him before and like i'm grateful that he trusted me enough to completely like rewrite the concept that he gave me um because i had this idea that style and the color scheme and the layout is all uh referencing r crumb and his zap comics number one which is this underground comic from 1969 that really like kicked off the underground comics movement which was you know comic books were heavily censored this was like the first movement of like independent press comics by the artist being distributed directly to the consumer and I saw this parallel with that and this moment in rap music, you know, with like Bandcamp where everyone's like able to record themselves and like distribute the music themselves. So yeah, this underground comics, underground rap connection. Um, and I came to him with that. I was like, yo, let me do, let me do this R Chrome flip. Um, and yeah, I'm really glad that he like let me go in that direction because I think it came out really well. And the other thing about the garbage is just, uh, I live in Philly, man. And it's, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes enough said yeah <laughs> yeah oh. 
I want to switch gears for a little bit and ask about another part of your artistry. So you're also a producer who's put out several beat tapes, which includes the Blunt instrumental series. I'm just wondering, how often do you generally make beats? And is it challenging to balance this with creating art? It is, yeah. (laughs) There's this, my sister is uh, uh, kind of the one who got me started making beats. Incredible producer who goes by 16. And I've had this conversation with her that just haunts me about three years ago where she asked me the same question. I'd like gotten some project or I mean, I I think I'd lined a bunch of things up. I had like two months where I was going to be really busy. And she was like, is there one or the other that you see as more of a career, like making making art and doing album covers? And I was like, I'm never going to have to pick. Like, I'm always going to be able to do both things. (laughs) Then shit kept rolling and the whole year after that i made maybe like 10 beats because i was i was working full-time in this art studio in the ceramic studio and then doing all these album covers so i was pretty much just made art for like a year so right now it's 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 pretty weighted in that direction still i used to make beats every single day um all day long up until the album cover stuff really started taking off and yeah i, I got like you know my day job is like an art job in my field finally. So that, yeah, just ended up taking a lot more of my focus. So now I'll make beats maybe like once every week or two, unfortunately. I'd like to do it more, but yeah, that's where it's at. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering when you are creating beats, how much do you tap into your visual artistry for inspiration? Ooh, good question. Um, bef- For a while, not at all. For a while, it was, I would start with the sample. Um, arrange it from there it'd be a it'd be a pretty much a uh yeah strictly like an auditory process and product but lately inspired by mostly like sharif and lungs and feet the textures that those guys that those guys are rhyming on right now you know these like off kilter loops like oftentimes there's not even a drum it just becomes more about like setting the tone and like setting the scene so i don't none of it's published yet but like me and my sister have been working on a lot of stuff like that that's you know sampled hip-hop stuff without any tempo at all and that is like the way we talk about it is like it's inspired by movies it's inspired by yeah just uh yeah it's it's a much more like visual and narrative thing and yeah Sharif again like (laughs) when we were playing him a bunch of this stuff and he came through and all the everything that he likes like every beat that he liked he would tell you what it looked like hmm. which i thought I was believe it yeah 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 that's just like how his brain works lungs too i sent him some beats and the ones that he liked he would like be able to put a scene to it so I'm, more lately yeah i've been able to work like that for me it just feels like a natural marriage right the two things yeah. just going together often well i mean more often it goes the other way because like you know when when you're working on music you're you know, you're looking at the screen, you're listening to a thing, you can't really yeah. do anything else, but I can, when I'm drawing, I can, you know, just listen to music the entire time. Mm-hmm. So more often it's, yeah, musical inspire, um, artwork of mine. I think it's time to talk about Haram, speaking of, of album covers. Got caught with the pork, but you gotta kill the copy of your thoughts. Still saying pause. 
Negroes say they hate the cops, but the minute something off, they want to use force. I just work here. I'm not the boss. I never bought in, so when it go left, it's no loss. No loss. When they look back in history, make sure I'm absolved. Don't try to rewrite the past. It's oral history where I'm involved. Fragile as the caucuses, as the Balkans is It's one nigga who nice, the rest sausages Got caught with the hog leg But you gotta kill the cop in your head The office in your mind Red-handed, the chicharrones was chili and lime Every second half of our show We talk about an album chosen by our guests, our guests It's an album that's significant to them for whatever reason and so tonight we are talking about Haram by Armin Hammer. So the first question I have for you is what were your initial thoughts when you saw this album cover? Oh man, you know what's funny is I didn't like I did not bug out that much. It was I was like, that's heavy. But pretty much I saw it when I like pulled the the album out and played it for the first time. And yeah, once the music started, I was I was on that. Like I wasn't really thinking about the cover. But yeah, it's heavy. It looks like, you know, it looks like maybe like a cannibal corpse cover. But I didn't, yeah, I didn't have like as vis- visceral a reaction to it that a lot of people did, I think. What about you? <laughs> I I think you said this earlier, but I, I'm very drawn to album covers. Like, it, and it's funny that you said, you know, sometimes the album cover is the only thing that people will interact with. You know, sometimes you just, you just look at the album cover, but you may not listen to the music. And so I, I live for that. So when I saw this, I loved it. I, and I love shit that provokes, right? I, I love weird stuff. I love horror movies. And so like, this was a bit dark. And so it was, it was right up my alley. I know some people were kind of like, ah, and it's right. funny because I remember posting the album a couple of times or post about the album and Instagram would censor it because (laughs) it was such a, like, it was such a kind of, well, you just disturbing, if you will, image, um, as at least as they defined it as such. For sure. And that's not to say, by the way, I, I I love that album cover and shout out to Alex Richter. I was not trying to crack from it at all. It's, it's, it's heavy for sure. (laughs) I think there was so much to like focus on with this release you know, them working with The Alchemist and the, all the hype surrounding that, that when I saw the album cover, I was just like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Their music often feels like it's heavy to me in general. So heavy is a great word, I think, to describe the cover. Like that was sort of my impression of it too. Like, okay, it's going to be another heavy Arm & Hammer album. All right, here we go. And I think what I've gathered, you know, from listening to their music is that the album image the album cover image like means something it's it's connected in some way to you know the theme of the of the album of the music so it just made me like really anticipate it even more yeah i mean for sure haram yeah pork is forbidden yeah (laughs) (laughs) were you a fan of arm and hammer before this album yeah yeah absolutely yeah back up and ask a question that we often ask folks though why are we talking about haram like what led you to pick this album yeah, there's there's a lot of reasons. Um, one is that, like I said, a lot of the time, uh, music will inspire my work. I always have music playing when I'm drawing. And the year Haram came out, I probably put in more hours drawing to that album than like anything else that came out that year that like inspired a lot of work for me. Um, and the other reason was I was looking at the list of all the 
albums by past guests that had been talked about and it's like it's a it's a variety but it's a lot of like older stuff and something that I always think about and like I'm drawn to with this scene, a collective of artists like this moment in hip hop, whatever you want to call it, is what I think the high watermarks are going to be in 10 years, like the things that people point to. And they're like, that was, you know, that was the thing that set the tone and like inspired a lot of what came after it. And for me, I think like Haram is one of those high watermarks for sure. Yeah, that's I. That's a really good point. I definitely think that that's this is that album. And it's also this thing of you know, like something will come out and people are quick to like either you even describe their own shit as be like this is a classic, but like you know, I've listened to this album a lot in like the past two years since it came out, and like I would I would definitely put it up there. It is pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Rob, didn't you say once that you had a friend who listened to this album like every single day, like after you introduced it to them, or am I making that up? Uh, you are not making that up. It is true. I did have a friend. I didn't even, I didn't realize this until like months later. He told me that he'd been listening to it like every day for like weeks straight. That's what I'm saying. That was me. I was like hooked on it to that degree when it first dropped, for sure. I, I want to ask about the production, you know, Alchemist did all all of the production on this album is he one of your favorite producers has he influenced your own work in in any way absolutely yeah yeah there's a few beat tapes by him that for sure just like changed the way that i approached both making beats and the process of putting together a beat tape but yeah paris la brussels and the french blend series like big influence Mm -hmm. and as far as the production on this this is I think he always does a really good job of bending his style to suit the artist that he's working with. Um, and this is some of his most like left field stuff. Um, there's only, I think like Chicharrones is, is the only beat on here. that's kind of, I you know, he's got such a variety and I, I don't know if you could call anything like standard alchemist, but that is like a break and a sample. That's like uh, just a, you know, snare on, snare on two and four rhythm but even that is like slowed down and stretched so much that it's a pretty different thing but yeah he's like the way he's um catering to their style and like playing with the the rhythms and drum patterns on this thing is yeah really special i remember just i mean before even hearing it finding out that he was going to produce it i was so curious about what it would would sound like i i had no idea and had no idea what to expect and then i heard it and and you're right like it is it's an arm and hammer album like you really did meet them in the middle and we created this it 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 is theirs like it is specifically for them um and i think that's a skill as a producer like to be able to create something that really speaks to the artistry and of someone and their uniqueness mm-hmm. yeah that's that's a skill i agree with you chop i think to me like this is one of alchemist best projects it, because of the way he like stretched and bent himself to meet arm and hammer and i agree with uh chicharrones too like that to me that's the only beat that sounds like he might have had that laying around and like tweaked it a bit or something but the rest of them feel like brand new yeah for sure and the way yeah the way he structured the album too i think is really special the whole thing feels there's a couple you know there's a couple like slow joints in the middle but the whole thing feels really driving and I don't know. You're on this, like, it's sort of accelerated. And then you have the two moments of, like, calm. You have, like, these two moments of respite with falling out the sky right in the middle and then stone fruit right at the end, which are the only kind of, like, upbeat, calm things on the whole project. 
which yeah as far as like drawing to it i really liked um that like pressure that it inspires and then you have like this break in the middle and then this like moment of calm at the end you know so so it's interesting that you're saying that you know listen to it a lot and we're really inspired by it because as i was listening to it the last couple of days preparing for this i started making a connection between the production on haram and your art hmm. uh, the way this album transitions from one track to the next uh, there's this is like constant blurring of lines or like constant phasing in and out and it it feels to me like we're continuously shifting focus almost like we would on like one of your drawings like on a finely detailed drawing with one scene inside another scene inside another scene and each scene has its own story and sound yep thank you yeah yeah that means a lot to, to have those <laughs> things um the production and, and the writing too like woods and elucid both do that um yeah woods will jump you know time periods continents yeah uh cultures like line for line you know what i mean yeah it's a very like dense global way that they both rap um so yeah that yeah lucid has this he said in one interview one time he talks about like writing as a means of processing confusion and that's really like how I look at the way that I draw right now is like, that's all that is. It's trying to like make sense of confusion and, or, you know, at least illustrate it. I, I'm really curious. So they have a new album coming out in September. Yeah. Um, at the end of September. And I'm just, after this, I'm just so curious as to, to what's next. I mean, this is one of those albums where they could promote it for the next five years. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's that good and and they don't need to release anything else. Yeah. Um, so I'm just really like the follow up to this. It just really has me wondering. Me too. And they've both individually been on a run since yeah. then. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Bessie and Church and Maps and Ethiopes. Like all of those in their own right are albums yeah. that they can promote for five years, you know. So nah, I feel the same way. I'm very curious. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, individually, you could say just as much about them. I, I do think when they come together, it's just, it's fucking magic. It's magic. Yeah. Sure. I think, yeah, I think it says a lot that a lot of people out there think that Armin Hammer is one <laughs> guy, you know, as far as. <laughs> do people seriously think that? It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's the whole sure. thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a whole thing. People mistaking Armin Hammer for one person. Oh gosh! Come the whole—it's a bit on Twitter now. It's like a running joke on Twitter, being like, "Yeah, Armand is the one with the big pants." <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with people? people so Bro, yeah. Like, why? Come on! They don't even. Say, okay, never mind. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but shame on them. Agreed. <laughs> Job, do you have a favorite track on Haram? Ooh, um, Stone Fruit. Really incredible. I don't wanna lose control. I can't cramp my space to grow. Comfort over, get such through. I got so much left to wonder. I 
said okay to save face, but she never forgave. It's only so many ways you can say grace and truth. She'd rather cry at your grave. All black regalia, we back not speaking. Back behind Bougainvillea, you can't peek in. Marginalia, busy with symbols and equations. The story too simple to calculate it. Payment post dated, the pavement gave way to a thick of the thorns. Where the body lay naked as the day I was born. She rocked my teeth in a necklace, gold blood from her horn. Ruby woo face and mecca head disheveled and torn. She left what was left in a ditch. She dreamed of the sex. She finished on top and howled in the crook of my neck. She dragged the bones home and built a bed. She drank rose out the skull, but held it gentle as my living head. Yeah, both verses on there. The hook, just like, yeah, this this anthem to like growth and change and then woods must have gone through just the craziest breakup of all time <laughs> <laughs> all of his all of his love songs are just yeah just yeah crushing but yeah that woods verse at the end is amazing um yeah she drank rose out the skull but held it gentle as my living head and then album on that note um and then yeah that one or scaffolds are probably my favorite yeah, there's nothing like Elucid singing. Yeah. I, I want a whole album with Elucid just singing. You might get it. Uh, you might. I'm I'm anticipating this new Arm and Hammer album being very different than Haram was. You guys' favorite tracks? Definitely Stone Fruit. I love Black Sunlight. Indian Summer is probably stuck in my head at least once a day. That yeah. that beat is just. Yeah, I lo- I mean I I do love falling out of that's falling out of the sky. The the beat is just so like yeah, I love it. I I love so many tracks on here. Uh but those sure. are those are definitely ones ones that I go to a lot, especially Stone Fruit. Yeah, I think my favorite kind of changes on a routine basis, but Woods' verse on Indian Summer just just incredible to me. One of definitely one of my favorites on the album. I also I really love Wishing Bad and I've said this a few times, but I will continue to advocate for Amani. The the one disappointment I had with Haram was that Amani didn't get a verse on Wishing Bad. I was waiting for it. Oh yeah, I was waiting for it, and then it never came. But you know, still a dope song. I was thinking about Stone Fruit. You know, and what you were saying, Chop, about Woods going through a breakup. He has a way of like rapping about things that have are not necessarily unique in rap. Right? Like that that verse is pretty sexual. It's a sex rap in a a sense, right? But it's a sex rap like you've never heard before. Like he totally, yeah. And he's got a there's a track on Maps that is, you know, it's a weed song. It's a whole song about smoking weed and looking for weed and and but it's from an angle that like you've never heard before. And his his food verses too. Yes, his rap about food. (laughs) But yeah, for sure, he's. Yeah, it's about like frame of reference and and perspective with him. Um, he yeah comes from like I think a very unique personal experience of like growing up in Zimbabwe and then in DC, yeah. um, and then also is you know dude clearly like a reads a lot and b is like an anthology of of rap music, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, just all of that put together, I, he's able to like, yeah, come at things from a very unique angle. I think every time, in and also in a way where, you know, you may have not thought to describe something that way yourself, but like mm-hmm. you, 
you know? Yeah. Yeah, like ordinary everyday things, he makes them feel like this unique experience. Right. Yeah. Also, this this line that he walks between like showing and telling, between just like pointing at something, and you get you know you you Google like a phrase that you don't understand, and then you're you know three Wikipedia pages deep into some <laughs> you've never heard about, or you know just being saying something very plainly, in yeah, just like. There's this this thing, this famous Charles Mingus quote about um I'm paraphrasing, but it's it's something about it. it's it's no like it's easy to make a simple thing complicated. Like what's difficult is to make a complicated thing very simple. And like Woods does that really well. Like he has all Yes. One, yes, yes. Yeah, some so many things up and like point you in so many directions, you know? Yeah. With so few words. Like it's very succinct. Exactly. Shout out to Armin Hammer. We had them on right before this album dropped and oh yeah 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 and i really appreciated that conversation yeah yeah for sure i have a question for you chop that i'm it's actually alexander richter's question i I think it was today on twitter that he was he was asking folks about the reissue of save yourself the lucid save yourself where Mm -hmm. they uh they took the text off the cover so it's just his photograph i've noticed that um backwoods has been doing this with a lot of their reissues and I, I can't remember where, but I heard Woods in an interview once talk about this, how if it was up to him, everything would have the text removed from it. Huh. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm wondering what you think about that, like as a designer, like I heard you say it makes sense. So what makes sense about it? That makes sense uh, for Woods to say that, I think, because, uh, you know, what we were just talking about, about his, you know, propensity to just point at something mm-hmm. and let you figure it out a lot of the time. Yeah. Um. But me, I, 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 that's a question I ask every time I design something is like, do you want text or do you just want the image? Um, I'll usually leave that up to the artist. A lot of the time they just want the image. But I mean, like lettering is huge in cartooning. I've been doing graffiti since I was like 14. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm big on like fonts and lettering. and I, I don't mind doing that at all. I think it can add a lot. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I definitely understand why they do that. And Again, just as someone who digs for records, it does add this element of like, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? If you come across Haram with like no text on the cover, you're gonna be like, I gotta hear that. Right. So yeah, it's just a yeah, it's just a matter of yeah, how much do you wanna how much do you wanna like reveal and how much do you wanna leave for people to like have to dig into and figure out, I think. Yeah. I think it also makes it at least for me, it makes a difference when it's a photograph versus an illustration or design like you do. What I said to uh to alexander richter on twitter was like i'm i'm kind of with woods like i'd rather your photograph just speak to me instead of the the text being laid right. over top of it yeah for sure and again like he's yeah his work with them is amazing um the paraffin cover is uh oh, yeah that's yeah. incredible yeah they they work well together any final thoughts on haram man i literally i took a like a page of notes about it this week um <laughs> Oh, well, but, yeah, let, let's hear it. I mean, what what do you got? Oh, I mean, it's it's a lot of just specific bars. Um, it's a lot of one-liners. Hmm. But I think Sir Benny Miles is one of the coldest opening tracks <laughs> of all time. I think, yeah, if I, if I had to leave it with one thing, it's like a bar that I think about all the time that I haven't quite gotten to the center of, but I just think is really, like, beautiful and amazing is on Aubergine uh, Wood saying, I'm my mother's love measured in eyedroppers. Yes. That's yeah, just a gorgeous like little piece of writing to me. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, final thoughts is just, again, like when it came out, like, you know, I would put it on like a ritual every time I sat down to draw stuff. So it's a, it's an album that's inspired a lot for me that again, yeah, I think years down the line, when people think about hip hop in the 2010s, this is going to be, or I I don't know. There's, (laughs) it's so broad at this point. There's a lot that, you know, people would consider like classics, but like, this is definitely one that I would put up there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think these guys have made they've made their mark at this this phase or this this movement or whatever you want to call it, hip hop. And yeah, this is one of the peaks for sure. Indeed. Chop, this has been a lovely convo. We really appreciate you coming through. Thank you for your time. Before we go, is there anything that you want folks that are listening to know? Any upcoming projects that you can share? Also, you're selling prints, you you have stuff for sale on a website. Like tell folks about that too. Totally. Yeah. Chop the head on Instagram. The link's in the bio. If you don't have Instagram, chop the head.myshopify.com. I got prints, originals. Commissions are open. DM me for commissions. I'm booking fall and winter right now. Um, and as far as stuff coming up, it's a lot of finished projects that are just sitting with rappers that will be coming out soon as far as personal stuff. Uh, me and my sister, 16, the next beat tape, uh, De Niro Blue is coming out. It's our Robert De Niro inspired beat tape. So next few months, look out for that. Nice. But yeah, that's that's what I got. Thank you guys so much for having me. This is this is my first interview of all time. So it means a lot. Really? Wow. Okay. That's okay. great. We are honored. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. For sure. we, we always love to have Philly folks on. For sure. All right, folks, this has been The Next Movement. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.